Bar Media. What is up? Welcome back to the local podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sam's Pastry LLC, making the best sweet treats in the area. Hot's Deli, always baked at 420. Hit them up for the most healthy options as far as lunch, dinner, snacks, brownies, desserts, fruit plates, chicken salad, everything you need. Um, and last but not least, Well Rooted, the best CBD shop in the area. Um, they carry everything from creams to all natural flour. You can get whatever you need, honestly. Um, drops, isolate, full spectrum products. Um, hit them up at getwellrooted.com and uh, check out episode 154. This week I got to sit down with Pastor Priest, brother, father, Peter Wong, I don't know what his official title is, but he's a rad dude. He's been in the Episcopal Church here in Dothan for about six years. And honestly, um, he's one of the raddest dudes I've met in recent times. I've known him probably four or five years. Um, but yeah, his heart for community, his desire to develop meaningful relationships with anybody that runs into really speaks volumes about his personal character and, um, yeah, his, his whole vibe just fits the mission of what the local's about. We're all about building relationships. We want everybody to understand that we're all in this together. And, uh, the more we can collaborate, the better, I think. Anyway, check out 154, um, and th- huge shout out and thank you to our sponsors, Well-Rooted Hots Deli and Sam's Pastry. Um, hit them up. And enjoy 154, Peter Wong. Hit it up. Well, speaking of the Jesus business, welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast, Peter Wong. It's good to be on again. Episode 154. 154 of these. I can't, yeah. It's, uh, that's, I don't know how many work weeks. Somebody can do the math. Probably 200-ish work weeks. Depends uh, on how much time you put into them, so. If we look at an hour, we'll just say we do one an hour. We've got like literally 20 probably 20 full work days worth of useless content that you can dig right into <laughs> at this point. So 154 of these things, guys. Yeah. Get after them. Yeah. Um, and after 154 of these things, I still don't know exactly where this mic stand needs to be. I just keep fiddling with it nonstop. Let me actually, let's kick this up a notch. That's one of the challenges though with Mike's period is like, you can never quite figure out where it's got to be. Yeah. One and day, as soon as you move, you know, it changes the, the dynamic of the recording, so. That's it. The other thing is my headphones are turned way too high. There you mm. go. I think that's that's much more is that better? tolerable levels. Okay. If uh, that looks better to you. Yeah, that's, that's much more better. All right. Um, welcome to one, welcome to the silly old. 154. Sit and spat. <laughs> Number sit 154. Sit and spat 154. <laughs> What's so. up, dude? Oh, man. You know, just plugging away trying to live in covid and and be a priest in covid and it's weird but you know everything's weird for everybody so it's not like we're special no um you know that's one of the things i keep telling the folks in the congregation everything's weird so let's just live into the weirdness and and do everything we can to um to live our lives and to be faithful and do everything we're supposed to do in the midst of that yeah keep everybody uh keep the boat paddling in the same direction hopefully yep. and yeah. yeah how um we'll start we'll start at covid how's that actually we'll 
We can start at COVID. Okay, we can start COVID. And we'll work our way till last weekend when my dog pooped on the steps of the church. <laughs> because she is, I don't know, she just, she has the same She's amount of dog, home training dude. as her dad. Is the She's problem. a dog. Dogs are just going to poop when they yeah, decide they to poop. Yeah, they just do what they want. That's how it goes. Yeah, so, so. We'll, run, we'll run back to, uh, we'll start Mardi Gras. Yeah. Because that was the, the kickoff to COVID, right? That was the, It was around that time. We didn't have um, Lent. We just we had a made, shutdown. We made it through three weeks of Lenten worship at the church. So, you know, we had Ash Wednesday services, and they were pretty normal. Um, at that point, the COVID cases in Dothan largely were, you know, over from Blakely. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we managed to grow our own later, but... You know, Ash Wednesday went pretty normal. We had a great um, tailgate at the church, which was um, something new. You know, it was the first time that I hadn't ridden yeah. since the first Mardi Gras parade. And that was a lot of fun. We actually had a whole bunch of folks from the community, and we had people from the church make hot dogs and chili dogs and just give them away yeah. to the people who were there. And, and that was – we had a great response for that. I made jambalaya and red beans, and we had – all kinds of other stuff. Katie made her king cakes. Oh man! Which have you had those? Yes. Oh my lord! We were over one. there at a. We were. I think we came by your house. Me and the Devanes for a Mardi Gras party this year. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we did that, and Katie actually rode in the parade. This was the first year that I hadn't, but um, but it was great. And then, you know, three weeks in, March fourteenth was our last worship service in person until June 7th. So I, Good, you know, all of a sudden I had to learn garage band, which I had messed around with, but I'd never actually done anything. Yeah. You didn't have to depend on. Your no. Skill and set so, you know, our children's choir had been practicing for months on these pieces. And what I had them do was just record themselves at home. And then I broke the audio and I separated the audio tracks from the video mm-hmm. that parents sent me and put it all together. And, you know, one conglomeration. I had to learn to do a whole lot with iMovie that I hadn't done before. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, we we made it. Um, what was really funny about that is you could you could gauge the interest level mm-hmm. because instead of doing live streams, we just put the service on YouTube and let people watch it at their convenience, at their home. You know, if they wanted to get up first thing in the morning and have coffee and watch it, if they wanted to watch it before lunch, if they wanted to watch it at night to put themselves to sleep, you know, whatever it was, <laughs> sure. just do your thing. And, uh, the funniest piece was we did, you know, we did this whole children's piece for Easter Sunday mm-hmm. and we had like, you know, 536 views at the beginning. And after the children's piece, it dropped off to about 200. Oh, wow. And then after the sermon, it dropped off about another 25, 30 people, um, who watched all the way through. Uh, me and my family celebrating communion at the altar for Easter Sunday. And then finally we got uh, the clearance to go ahead and start doing in-person worship. And we put in a whole bunch of safety protocols Mm -hmm. and, you know, spaced people out. Everybody wears masks. And we've been doing in-person worship since June 7th. In fact, we just added a third service so that we could basically do Sunday school with church. Yeah. So we do a children's lesson at nine fifteen in the fellowship hall and everybody's at a separate table. All the households are at separate tables. But it's been great because it means that our, our parents can come and be a part of that but not have to nobody really cares when kids make noise in church yeah. anymore there, but a lot of parents are still really self conscious about that. Yeah, mine you know, our our kids included. I want our kids to 
you know, be still and pay mm-hmm. attention. But, um, so we started doing that. We had great response for that. So we've had to adjust our schedule. We were meeting on Wednesday or on Monday and went over, what are we going to do for the rest of the year? We can't do our Christmas services like we would normally do. And we can't do our, you know, in all likelihood, we won't be able to do our Easter services like we normally yeah. do them. So how are we going to, how are we going to make that work? And we're going to rely on people making reservations and letting us know they're coming and mm-hmm. limit the number of people who can be in there. But the goal is to gather and be energized and inspired and enthused so that you can go out into the community and be who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've been struggling to do that, but you know, we're, we're making it. Yeah. It's everybody. Well, you know, everybody's had to get a little more technologically savvy, Mm -hmm. um, over the course of the last six months. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's even been difficult for me who lives in the digital world almost. Yeah. And, my workload has gotten substantially heftier than what it was because now everybody's shifting gears to be able to work remotely, which is something I've been able to do for like 10 years because I'm pretty much just always moving. And I don't know, I I have to work when I can work. Yeah. Like, because mentally, if I don't dive in while I'm in the zone, I'll just keep going out and finding reasons to goof off. (laughs) Like I'm very, I'm not very disciplined. I've, I was actually at lunch earlier today and I was mentioning to, uh, Christy, who's the editor of the local. Um, I was like, you know, it's really cool now that I'm back at work after COVID and after everything that I've had to deal with for the last few months, um, being back at work and having a set schedule has been hugely beneficial for me, Yeah, which is one of those things that I've never implemented in my 38 years on this planet. Yeah. It's usually just wake up. Let's figure out what do you want to get into? I don't know if it's going to be coffee or maybe waffle house or I don't know. We'll go to the beach for lunch. I used to do, I used to do the silliest stuff just cause I had the freedom and yeah, it's just one of those things just because you can doesn't mean you should. No, no. <laughs> well, and, and that's a part of what getting back to worship was for us is, is getting people back into the regular schedule. Oh Yeah. And, and getting them back into the routines of their lives as much as we can, mm-hmm. right? And doing it safely at the same time, because the last thing we wanted to do was, you know, start doing church and all of a sudden one person gets COVID yeah. and the whole you congregation start and winds stop up and then you're rolling the dice on health for other yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, yeah, I'm not in the, I'm in the business of making people's lives better. Yeah. Not making them sick. Sure. So that just, it was a no brainer for me. And it's been good, but you know, at the same time, I've missed out on a lot of things that I would normally get to do. Oh, yeah. Right? Like I haven't been able to make regular hospital visits since March. Have you married anybody since then? I've done mm, Zoom weddings. I feel no. I, I'm not going to do a Zoom wedding. Even <laughs> if I'm going to do a wedding, it's not going to be a Zoom wedding. We did. I feel like we did a small wedding. But I'd have to go back and check the records because you know my brain's just kind of melted. We've yeah, done we've here, done some really right. small funerals, mm-hmm. um, some graveside only, some you know with a service and graveside. But again, just following the rules, doing the things to keep people safe, and and doing that work. But you know, I've ha- also had a couple of people who have died over the course of um, over the course of these last several months, mm-hmm. and it's you know you go to the ICU to pray over people and you can't go in the room. Yeah. 
And so much of, of what I do is relational. So much of what I do is, is being present. And it's been weird not being able to be as fully present in the ways that I'm used to. But, you know, if it means that I can be with a family when their loved one's dying, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's, um, it's bigger than, it's bigger than just you being in the room necessarily. It's you, you're not only comforting the patient, but you're comforting the entire family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that has been really, really profound for me is with people getting back to some of the normalcies of life to where you can go grocery shopping. Now you can go out to eat here and there. I guess Florida just decided they were just going to succeed from the rest of the nation and just go wild. But which is a little nerve wracking, but it's a little nerve wracking. The normalcy aspect and like the being able to get back into church and get back into the routine is so comforting for so many people because they need that as a security blanket. Almost. Um, a lot of people when they're left to their own devices, myself included, it just turns into mischief, boredom, like horrible. You like I watched almost the entire series of family matters during the, uh, during the quarantine. And I didn't benefit from any of it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Other than like now, I've got some one-liners, and I've made you can some- benefit from stuff like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. One of the first things that we did is is Katie and I finally sat down and watched um, Shit's Creek. Oh, it's great! Which is a great show. It's a beautiful show, mm-hmm. and you know we've just started the last season. Uh, but you know we also we watched a couple of yeah. I, I finally sat down and watched Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Um, you know, little bit at a time here and there, like while I'm wait, while I'm working on wait something for the else, kids to go to bed. Well, yeah, or you know, at the office working on something else, mm-hmm. and just you know, watch a little bit of it or have it on in the background. Every now and then, what's funny about that is you know, if I'm if I'm answering emails or something, and I had that on in the background, something would happen, and I'd be like, wait a minute, I gotta I gotta yeah, go back and that. figure out what happened here. Um, but you know, you can find. That's one of the great things about you know being in the routine and habit of of looking for the divine in ordinary things is you can find God speaking in all manner of ways and in all kinds of things. There's some stuff that's just completely irredeemable. Well, sure, but you know you can find bits of goodness and and joy and and you know moments to teach from in just about anything. Yeah. People learn life lessons. Well, they have the opportunity to learn life lessons at almost every decision that they have to make. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't realize like interactions are all learning opportunities. Um, Just building on relationship, existing relationships. Those are all learning opportunities Yeah, and inspiration opportunities. And I don't, I mean, at this time, and this time of all of our lives, it seems like we need all the good stuff we can get our hands on to keep from being sad about the state of affairs. We do. And, and we always need that. Oh, absolutely. And we always need those reminders of good and of, of love and of joy and of peace and of patience and, and helpfulness. We always need those things because, you know, the, the world is the world is no more broken today than it was on January 1st yeah. of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, we're just dealing with different problems, but w- things are still broken and, and we still need those connections to bind us to each other and remind us that, you know, every person is, is valuable. Every person is worthy and, and there's something that we can learn from everybody. Yeah. So everybody, uh, 
Yeah, there's just so much you can learn from other people's experiences that you may not even have the opportunity to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's our um, the locals based on relationships. It's based on finding things that you love or things that you recognize in yourself and other people. Yeah, and other situations and getting out of that comfort zone, which is I don't really get into my religious background on the show all that often, but it's kind of like the Stevens ministers back in the day. Yeah. Uh, go door to door. Well, the, the modernized Stephen ministers, mm-hmm. um, where they go door to door and it was almost, um, I won't say Mormonish, but I'll say Mormonish. It was very much like, what's up? Have you met the Lord yet? And you're like, I don't know. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Cause you're on my property. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, it's very confusing. Um, but going out and being a beacon of beacon of good vibes on any level is like something I hope that everybody wants to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and most people do. Yeah. You know, given the given the choice, most people will will act graciously. Most people will act kindly, mm-hmm. especially in, in, you know, interpersonal situations. That's one of the great things about watching people actually interact with each other. You know, if you if you spend all your time on social media and online, you think that everybody's terrible. Oh yeah. But most people when you're interacting with them in person wouldn't do those things. Yeah. And that's good. You know, so more of that, please. Yeah, and I think since everybody's been in their house for they've everybody's been cooped up, they've been almost looking through a magnifying glass at social media mm-hmm. and looking for reasons to just cure that boredom. And whether that be posting memes or posting potentially offensive content or just talking trash in somebody else's feed because whatever they're into something that I hate or I don't know. Yeah. But people spend so much time and energy uh, just looking to, to fill a void that isn't really fillable unless there's another person involved. Yeah. Like, Face to face. We need that connection too. And there's a reason that, you know, ancient humans tribe, you know, gathered into tribes in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just self defense. It no. was because we needed each other to survive. It takes a village to raise a child. It does take a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to bring in the harvest. It That's takes it. a village to bring, you know, food to the table. It takes a village to care for the elderly mm-hmm. and the infirm and the children. You know, it takes we, we rely on each other so much more than we even begin to understand. One yeah. of the great things about this, you know, this whole outbreak is we realized some things about the supply chain that we probably didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us never think about, we go to, we go to Publix or we go to Target or and we there's go an infinite know, to supply a store. of everything. There's an infinite supply of everything, everything we want. Maybe they're out of something that we want yeah. on Tuesday, but, but you then can it's find there off on brand or a different yeah, brand of the same yeah. thing. But then it's there on, you know, Saturday. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we realized was, when when people get sick up the supply chain, things don't come to us. Yeah. We rely on other people for nearly everything in our lives. Absolutely. And so, you know, we forget we forget the nature of that connection and how important it is. And that's one of the things that I think we, we need to be reminded of from time to time. And you know, I'm not saying that this was a good thing, but you know, a silver lining that comes out of this is our understanding that we we are dependent on each other. Yes, sir. We've had this idea of being, you know, fiercely independent and, you know. Yeah, we don't, we're yeah. the strongest nation or even well, the and, strongest and household. Like we yeah, can, like, you know, we, we, we pull each other up by our bootstraps. Well, that's fine. Who made your boots? That's it. You know, mm-hmm. 
somebody made your boots. You didn't, in all likelihood, I know very few people who cure their own leather. Yeah. And even fewer who cure their own leather and then turn it into, we just don't do that. And that's okay because we have each other. But we've got to we've got to be cognizant of that relationship and aware of that need that we have for each other. Yeah, I mean, you bum out your UPS man, you're gonna have a bunch of broken nonsense that shows up, yeah. or you any might. number of things. You know, but, or you know, they might just accidentally. Yeah, UPS is really good about not accidentally losing well, your yeah, packages. Yeah. But, um, but I don't trust know, FedEx it, at it's, all. It's just be decent to each other. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know my mail delivery person's name, but I recognize them. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I see her out in the community, I can say hello. Yeah. She knows who I am because you know, we see each other on a fairly regular basis. I'm always, you know, I try to always be gracious to her. Um, and she's not the only one. We've got a couple of regular folks on our delivery route, but you know, that knowing each other is important. Yeah. And there's just, there's a comfort going into knowing that like, if I'm not here, this person's going to take care of whatever it is they're doing without me having to be here. And also like, they just like that comfort of normal face and smile. And it might be the brightest part of their route where you're like, Hey, how you doing? Hope you're having a good day. Like it's great weather we're having. Could be. Um, those little things we you know we don't think about the little kindnesses that mean so much to us and you know our our kids are doing online school mm-hmm. and I have taken multiple opportunities to thank their teachers because you know our daughter's in first grade I've I could not imagine how emotionally challenging it is to keep your cool with you know twenty first graders on a zoom call. I'm not sure. I look, I have trouble with, you know, 10 full grown adults who now understand how you, how to use zoom and for the most themselves. part. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you got, you got kids who are just, it's hard to keep their attention and, and man, but the work that they're doing, you know, not only, not only a, could I not do it? I can appreciate it. And just, you know, just saying, man, I, you know, yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. I, I see the struggle. It's tough. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being willing to engage it. Thank you for caring enough about something that's not you mm-hmm. to give yourself to this so wholeheartedly. Yeah. And that, I mean, not only do you want that in the education system where you have active teachers that are pursuing and engaging the children rather mm-hmm. than being like, well, it's all digital now, so here's some worksheets. I'm yep. going to go sip my ties for the rest of the semester. Because <laughs> um, there may or may not be some of those uh, out there. I haven't been in school in a long time, but I can tell you that it wouldn't take a lot of convincing to get my 10th grade math teacher to cut cut class. Let's run to the beach. We'll just have my ties all afternoon. Yeah. and you know, She knows who she is. Yeah. <laughs> She's now, a great our, teacher. Actually. Our kids have been our kids of our kids teachers have been great. Um I know a lot of folks who have you know and we're all adjusting and that's the other piece of of all of that is recognizing that we're all going through this so mm-hmm. let's all extend each other a little bit more kindness, a little bit more gentility, um a little bit more grace. Yeah. Um and we'll get through it. We'll get through it together, but we're going to get through it. Yeah. So, so aside of uh from being just the neighborhood rad dude that uh, just happens to be in control of a church over there. Um, 
What all you do within the community as a pastor? So one of the things that I got into when I first got here, there there are two organizations that I got involved with when I first got to Dothan. Um, and I, I'm going to give a shout out to Louise Tallman, who was the secretary, one of the secretaries at the PD, mm-hmm. uh, the Dothan PD. And when we met, she said very quickly, you know, I think you should get involved in chaplaincy with the department. And I, you know, I was new priest. I didn't know what that entailed and, yep. um, met right Eddie Henderson, <laughs> who was great. And, you know, now I, I will say it's not, it's not that challenging in terms of work. They don't ask a whole lot of us cause we're volunteers. Yeah. Um, but the chaplains that I've served with, you know, we, we support as much as we can officers and, um, and the, the folks who work at the police department. But one of the things they also generally will call us out on is notification calls. So, you know, we go out when someone has died very often, um, and we go into the place and help to, to stabilize the situation Counselor by offering through. a pastoral presence. Mm-hmm. And, and usually, you know, usually that just involves being with somebody while they process their own emotions. Sometimes it involves reassuring them, you know, when, when someone's died of suicide, it's just reassuring them that that person is not forever condemned to eternal damnation. Sometimes it's, it's, it's that weighty. Um, but you know, the, the people that you encounter in that are, are varied and, it's great work, and I, yeah, I have immense respect for the police department here, and the way they conduct themselves, the way that they operate. I've 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 been in some just wild situations, um, and I've seen nothing but immense professionalism and kindness, yeah, and graciousness from the officers involved when when someone loses someone. Yeah, it's I- great to see. I may be uneducated on our police force and their performance within the community, but um, I've never experienced or heard or seen anything that seemed anything like what has happened in a lot of other cities around here. No. And and I say around here, but I mean in the country. Yeah. One of the things that I think is a big difference that, um, that I see in the way the police department conducts each other. One of the great things about being in a small town like Dothan, and I, I say small, it's, it's it's a much bigger town than you think of when you think small town. Yeah. But you're still at a point where most everybody in town played ball with somebody's cousin or had you know somebody's daughter in their dance class with their daughter. And so there's this sense of connection. There's this sense of knowing each other. And because of that sense of knowing each other, you know, nobody nobody intends to go and act a fool um, when you're around the family. Well, sure. Some people do, you know, you've always got that one uncle who's just going to shoot off at the mouth and you appreciate him when you're young. And then, yeah, it's funny when you're a kid, when you're you're like, all right, dude, you're, yeah, we're both older now and you will get crumbled up like some old laundry. If (laughs) we don't wrap this up. Crazy uncle George is fun when you're seven. Yeah. And then when you, you know, when you get to be like 27, you're like, everyone else has grown up. Yeah. You might want to think about it. Yeah. Um, You pull another quarter out of my ear. We're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but you really do. You have that sense of connection, that sense of knowing each other. And like I said, I think it really informs the way the culture of the police department is. You know, we went to, 
when shortly after George Floyd died, um, we were there was a, a Black Lives Matter rally downtown in mm-hmm. Dothan, and I went as um, as a member of the clergy in Dothan. I thought it was important for me to be there. Um, there were a couple other pastors there, which you know was good to see, but the police took very seriously their their charge to keep it peaceful. Absolutely. And so instead of being confrontational, which is what you were seeing in so many other places, mm-hmm. the police were, were looking through the crowd for people who might be there to cause trouble sure. instead of having Assuming. a confrontation. Yeah. And, and the people who organized that demonstration spoke very highly of the officers in Dothan. And they were you mostly know. younger individuals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The people who organized it were younger, younger High than school, I am. High school, college anyway. kids. And I think most of them were in, most of the organizers, I think, were in their 20s okay. for that event. But, you know, again, young folks who, you know, they really respected the job that the police did. And, and watching watching the officers walk through that crowd and work that crowd not as um, a reason to be confrontational, but as a reason to, you know, in, in a way that was going to serve the community best. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that struck me about that <clears throat> was that um, I left a little bit early, and I, you know, I kind of meandered through downtown, mm-hmm. and the number of officers who were stationed around the downtown area to look for people who might be coming in to start trouble, or whatever, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was so inspiring to me to see that because it meant that the department was not only taking this seriously, it meant that they weren't approaching this as you a know, war zone. As a war zone, mm-hmm. they were they were striving to keep the peace, and that was that was awesome to yeah. see. It wasn't a us versus them situation. It yeah. was a we need to figure out, yeah, what's going on and how these to fix these it. folks want to have a voice. They want to engage in a peaceful and lawful assembly. Yeah, and we're going to make sure it stays peaceful. Nobody wants to go to work wondering if that's going to be the day their number gets pulled or whatever. I mean, you don't want to have to hire DSI security to follow you around all day. No. Although it might be nice. If you were going to hire somebody, you would certainly hire them. Well, sure. But, you know, you, that's not what you're aiming for. No. So. Nobody really is. If you're, listen, if your day-to-day requires a team of security detail, I don't want that life. Yeah. Uh I don't like that many people and I don't want that many people around me for any amount of time. I'm kind of weird. I yell at myself and I, I don't know. Sometimes I get sleepy and bark like a dog to wake up. Like all sorts of weird stuff. That, going that's on. weird. I don't know that you wanted to admit that on air, but you know, oh, man, I can edit out whatever I Why need to. Man. <laughs> you can't edit show. that out. I do what I want. No, you can't edit that out. Um, man, I wish we had a lot more time than this. What is, what's your afternoon look like? After this. Um, I got like, kids to take to Taekwondo at five. Um, well, I got to be home at like four thirty. How um, long's your How long's your next thing? Thirty forty five minutes. Hmm. This shouldn't be a problem. I can hang out. Oh, if you want to, yeah, that'd be awesome. I can hang out for a little while, and then we we'll, we can wrap up with. Um, or yeah, we can wrap up talk about House of Ruth and the blessing of the animals, and then you can jump right into that. I feel like it would be better served if we made it not as condensed and kind of okay. dug into some stuff. Yeah. Cause there's a handful of stuff that I think we should cover, especially with your position in the community, my position in the community and how 
they're super parallel and it's all good times all the time. Let's Hopefully. do that. Let's do that. All right. uh, so, you know, um, I'll occupy myself till let's say three forty five ish. All that editing nonsense. Let me make sure that the editing's important, important man. It's the power of the pause. Button, it was man. funny, dude. <laughs> when uh, one Sunday I messed up in the service, um, and you know, like I had already had some issues with the mic, um, and so you know, I just told folks during the sermon, I'm like, you know, look, y'all are, y'all are getting the, y'all are getting the rough take. That's it. And when it goes up this afternoon, all of this will be out because I was getting a little bit of static in the mic. All the fun stuff. So I kept having to pause and like mess with it. And you know, the way that countryman is, it sits on my ear and Mm -hmm. you know, when it gets a little microscopic piece of dust in it, it's going to crackle. The crackle just really cheeses me off. Well, it just distracts you of what you're talking about. And it's like, pausing to record a different show in the middle of a podcast <laughs> you gotta go back and figure out well wait a minute what was i just talking about yeah so we left off with uh you had gone down and uh yeah the black lives matter demonstration yeah. and and the police presence there was just it, it was exemplary and so you know being a chaplain for the police department has been it's been a great joy um because you know it's it's a great department and they're good folks down there and they do extraordinary work that most people wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Um, and they do it with, they do it with professionalism. They do it with gentleness and you know, it's a, it's a good thing to see. I've never personally had a bad interaction with uh, DPD. I have been arrested, but it wasn't a bad interaction. Honestly, like you got arrested by DPD. Yeah. Um, Tuesday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was I was like 14 or 15. I was man. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm kind of reciprocal when it comes to respect. Mm-hmm. And so, however you treat me out of the gate is probably how I'm going to treat you out of the gate. Yeah. Um, but it's not because I'm like I'm against all authority or like anything goofy like that. Yeah. It's just I if you treat people this way, then I feel like you should feel what it like it's like to be treated that way. Yeah. Um, I was skateboarding at a church, no, at a bank on a Sunday and the officer pulled up and I was cruising around like the back of the parking lot or something. He was talking to my friends and was like, Hey, you guys can't be here. And they're like, okay, cool. Like we're leaving. Uh, I don't know if it's because we were all wearing whatever skate gear of 1996 or seven, was available. So we all probably looked exactly the same, but I came flying around the back of the church. I keep saying church back of the bank. And, um, this dude flipped. He was just like, what are you like? He just thought that I was blatantly disrespecting him and yeah. just being an, a, a goofy kid. I didn't realize that he thought that. And I just thought that was his day to day conversation. Yeah, voice. Yeah. So I'll let him have it. I was like, I bet you feel real tough, dude. Like I'm 15 years old and you've got a pistol. You feel like a man. And that turned into me getting cuffed. And then he searched the car and I was like, you're not going to find anything. You need to be going, you need to be looking for excuses while you're handcuffing kids and harassing people on Sunday to get your kicks. And just, I was just out of, out of line from top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. Um, but I also would probably do the same today. Like it's, I don't learn lessons well. Well, and, and the funny thing about that is, you know, 
again, you know, when, when you get a misunderstanding like that, you know, how you treat people is generally what you get back. Yeah. So, you know, he lost it because he thought that he had been, yeah, he, assumed you know, that- he thought, you know, he, yeah. he had already told you, he just didn't realize that you weren't in the group that he told. He had that conviction and like, you could yeah. tell that it going, looking back on it. What was it? 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my arrest record can now vote. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how ridiculous it is. Um, yeah, looking back on it, it was very much he thought that he had gotten all the dudes a part of the posse. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a small dude. Well, and he probably also thought that, you know, y'all had listened and been respectful and and then he immediately thought it was just, you know, defiance. Defiance. Absolute Open defiance. and outright defiance mm-hmm. and and he had been cool. Yep. And then you weren't cool. And so then he wasn't cool. But then yeah. you also. Then I got real uncool. You got real uncool. And then he and got more up, uncool. Yeah, you wound up getting arrested. We're both yeah. freezing by the end of the conversation. <laughs> how uncool we had gotten with each other. There you go. Yeah, he took me uh, took me downtown. Did the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, Mom came and got me. I went to like a Haji and the Turban show or some punk rock show after that. But Yeah. I don't need if, that. If I had even had a brush with a law like that when I was 15, I would not have been going to any show nah, of any sort. So I've always, your, your mom wins that battle in the coolness factor. But Yeah. She uh, she she had it pretty pretty down as far as being a rad mom. Yeah. For the most part. She um Yeah. It's I mean, I don't know what it's like raising a lunatic skateboard kid that doesn't really isn't really into authority all that much, but it wasn't really that I was anti-authority. I was just like, well, if I could have one or the other, yeah, I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm learning what it's like to raise a wild kid. I can um, imagine because you know you know Lila and you know she's you don't have to worry about telling her what her opinion is. No, no, you do not. She is you well do aware. Not. Of it. She is well aware of what her opinion is, and she will she will she will have that opinion. Um, and you know, but that's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Lila is a strong personality. Um, in a lot of ways, I don't worry about her just going along with the crowd to get yeah. along. She's going to, she's, she's always been a leader. I, I assume she always will be, maybe not. You know, she may be president one day. She may be the leader of a prison gang. I don't know. Sure. Either way. She's got my vote either way. She, you know, I, I wouldn't bet against her either way. So, no, dude. but um, she's something else, but. So, you know, the, the police chaplaincy has been great. And, and that actually was part of what led me into um, the other major community involvement, which is serving on the board of the House of Ruth, which yeah. is the domestic violence shelter. I've been on the pod mm-hmm. before to talk about the uh, the walk a mile and, and the yeah. things that we do. And, you know, that that was a we didn't get to do the walk a mile this year. So I, I didn't I didn't get to I didn't get to strut in, in heels. I was thinking about um, coming on crutches with one red stiletto. You and could have. I would have put the red stiletto. I would have just like hung the red stiletto from from the crutch. I would. No, um, I was thinking like my my good foot could have been hopping. No, then you, then you would have had two bad feet, and your wife would have just left you in the house to rot and die. She would not um, have allowed me to leave the house first off. <laughs> she uh, wouldn't. No, I would have. This you would have been like an that. escape convict situation. Yeah, you didn't need to do that. Not but, at all. But um, House of Ruth has been. It's been great. Um one of the things that we've got coming up actually for that is the uh, we do a, a domestic violence vigil 
um, for people who have been murdered. And that's coming up. Uh, it is coming up so October 22nd, 22nd, 5.30 to 7. Where is that? Um, they do that at the in the parking lot in front of Wiregrass Church okay. over on Main. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a powerful moment in it's a powerful moment because you know the walk a mile is fun and it's silly and and we're raising money for a good cause and that's and there, wonderful and there are elements of the serious aspect of why we're doing that and absolutely what's at stake and the purpose for the whole thing absolutely but it's a lot of tomfoolery it's a lot of costumes and it's not yeah this. Yeah, it's and the vigil's not, and you know the vigil is a very serious thing. We commemorate people who have who have been murdered as a result of domestic violence over the course of the year. Um, you know, there's usually someone who offers thoughts, prayers. There's you know folks who have been clients of the House of Ruth mm-hmm. who offer their own testimonies about how important that was to them. Um, there are members of our board who are, are you know, victims survivors. of domestic violence, yeah. survivors of domestic violence, absolutely. And that's that's an important thing. It's, And one of the things about it more than anything else is, is raising that visibility because so often people in that situation think that they're alone. Yeah. And that somehow it's their fault. And to hear someone say that it's not, for us to claim that publicly is powerful. To be able to say, this is not something that you are responsible for. This is not something that is your fault, but it is something that you can get yourself out of. You can you can come to us and we will do everything in our power to get you out of that situation. And law enforcement works very closely with the House of Ruth, not mm-hmm. just the Sheriff's Department. You know, we serve nine counties in yeah. southern Alabama. We cover a huge geographic range, and, and we have folks in every law enforcement department who are tied into that, who help us out with offering assistance to people who need to escape those situations for their own survival. Yeah. You know, or for the survival of their children or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's great work, um, and it's a great organization. We You know, we've recently... Beverly Yaus, who has who birthed the organization, mm-hmm. recently decided she was going to go ahead and retire. And Beverly was just, you know, she was advocating for this when nobody was talking mm. about oh, domestic yeah. violence. She was out there raising funds when nobody cared. She was out there fighting. And, you know, we owe, as an organization, as a community, we owe her an immense debt. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's a part of... of um, of the work that we do. And, and, you know, we celebrate Beverly every day that we carry on that work. Yeah. You know, carry on the legacy of, the, of those who came before us. Um, I'm, I'm a little partial to domestic violence and I've lived through a little bit of that. And it's one of those, um, the more people that you become aware of that have been through no matter what the experience is, but, you just learn that, yeah, this is a lot more common than you would believe and obviously want. Yeah. Um, it's rare. There's never a reason that I can't, I've racked my brain when there's never a reason to engage in that sort of tomfoolery, but some people that's just their, I don't know. Some, I, I don't know if it's some people like to go fishing 
And some people just have anger issues and take it out on kids and It tends to be more cyclical. Or? You know, it, it tends to be a cycle of violence, right? Most So dad did it. Well, most people it, who are dad. yeah, most people who are abusers saw it as a kid. Picked up the behavior somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things and and most people I shouldn't say most. A lot of people who are victims of abuse have been conditioned either through their upbringing or, you know, through an onslaught of psychological warfare that they're responsible. It's yep, their fault. This is normal. This, this happens is to normal every, behavior. Every human goes through this at yeah. some point. This is yeah. just your time. And it's just not. It's not. You know, my dad was emotionally abusive. I, I would say he was physically abusive, but it was the 80s, so, like, everybody was beating their kids. Yeah, right. Um, Neighbors were beating you. Yeah. Neighbors, yeah, like, dad, mom, and dad. If you got in trouble you at school, Dude. you know, you had to plan your route home because there were people who would, you know. Dude, there were, yeah, and, the auxiliary yeah. moms that come <laughs> get you. They would. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, that, now that's part of the, the strength of the neighborhood, the strength of community. Yeah. But it's also, you know. It, it's what you're. It's what you're accustomed to. That's it. Um, but you know, my father was really emotionally abusive. It took me years to get out from under that for myself, um, and to recognize that behavior. And the worst thing about it is, every now and then I see that in myself with my kids. You know, and yeah, that's. But being aware of that behavior, I can recognize it, and I realize, oh, oh. No, this is not healthy. Sure. Because what happens is you get desensitized to that, and you're like, well, this is just how it mm-hmm. is. Um, mm-hmm. Most cases, hopefully most cases, that's not exactly how it is. But when you grow up in that situation, like, I'm kind of, my personality developed because I wasn't in the house a lot, and I wasn't really, it wasn't that I wasn't interacting with my parents necessarily, but it was, I was off running the streets, riding skateboards, having the time of my life, doing whatever it was that I wanted to do. Um, and that you just see so much and you experience so much by doing that. And then when you come home and you see what may not be ideal, um, I don't know. I just separated myself from it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm worried about, I'm worried for my children, my future unborn children that, um, I don't know. I've dealt and been through so much crazy stuff that my reactions to things are often hilarious, but they're also often way over the top. And usually there's not a whole lot of PG 13 esque, uh, approvable language involved. Um, and I've really been one of the things with COVID and like having to go back and, everybody took a lot of inventory on themselves and what, what was important to them and what, what they wanted to invest their time in and what direction they wanted to see their lives maybe shift towards. Um, and one of the things I was noticing is the patience that I had with people. I have, I can be the most patient dude on the planet with people that aren't me. If I do something that was silly or whatever, like, hang it up. Cause I'm just going to bully that person into submission. And all of a sudden you're like, you start believing things about yourself that don't make sense. And then I don't know. I don't, there's so many ways that just the internal monologue can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that interaction that you have within yourself starts spilling out into different 
aspects of your life. Yeah. And then that can in turn, not in my particular case, but sometimes that can turn into domestic violence or lashing out or just violence in general. Um, and that's kind of, when you grew up in that world, that's the last thing you want. Yeah. And so when, when I was approached to be even just a little bit involved with the house of Ruth doing the walk a mile stuff last year and, um, what we were hoping to do this year. Yes. Yeah, the people that, I mean, that's just where the community comes out and shines because our, our people and our relationships are our best asset as humans. It really is. It really is. And and that's one, again, one of the great things about being in a, a, a community where people really know each other. Mm-hmm. You really see that. Um, you see that in the way we support various and sundry, you know, um, events and causes. And, you know, do we get the level of support that we'd like to see? Not always. Sure. But, you know, we do get those moments. You know, one of the one of the fun things that we usually get to do, we're not going to get to do this year, is the gift wrapping at the mall. And you oh, yeah. And all kinds of people. It's so much fun. Over the course of December. And, and you know, it's it's funny because especially in the first couple of weeks, you really actually do have time to visit with people mm-hmm. who are coming to get gifts wrapped. Yeah. The last like week and a half, you're just putting you're just, paper on stuff. Yeah. You're just paper and tape and, and just going like mad, but you really do get to hear people's stories. And, and sometimes it'll be people who have, you know, benefited from it. Sometimes it'll just be people who have, you know, seen the work or known somebody yep. and, and you really do get that reinforcement of you know, what we're doing matters and it matters to the community and they support what we're doing. And it really gives you a lot of energy and enthusiasm going forward that you might not otherwise have because it's, 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 it's daunting work and oh, it's, yeah. it's depressing it's, work. I was going to say, it's not something you look forward to getting into. No, necessarily. No, yeah, like, well, yeah, there's, there's the, the optimism of helping is always there, but right. You've got to you got to keep your eye on that prize to mm-hmm. wade through all the muck and guck of what yeah. has what the experience has been traditionally, and yeah, it's, it's I don't tough. envy the people that are on the front lines doing that just because it's I don't have I don't know that I have the emotional maturity to be able to hear these stories and not be personally affected by it. Yeah, or mad enough to go out and be like, well, I'll just go. I'll fix this. Drop me a pin to where that dude's at. Yeah. Yeah. Because Justin in his tween age years <laughs> and into his twenties and early thirties might've been that dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just growing up is a weird thing. Pete. Growing it's up is weird. a weird thing. And you know, one of the, one of the great joys of growing up though, is being able to look back and, and see, you know, I handle this so much better than I would have at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a joy. Um, you don't always do it. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, I, I, I might've handled that better when I was yeah. 14. Oh yeah. But you know, growing up is weird and you know, change in and of itself is, is one of those weird things that we just all struggle with doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you because, miss that normalcy of going to the store, like seeing yeah. your friends. It's like back to, back to the COVID. Yeah. You know, we, we need, that normalcy and when you, you get need older that regularity when you get older the you're just the variable shifts so hard where maybe it's a nutrition issue that you're fighting or maybe it's a, a real health issue that's like a sickness or something worse mm-hmm. um 
it may be financial or whatever, or it might be just stress or depression or whatever. But the, the moral of, I think this, what, what I do for a living, what you do for a living is people need to just immerse themselves in the community and get to know everybody because the more you invest in people, the more people invest in you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's the easy track to get. Oh, no. No, it's hard work. Yeah. It is absolutely hard work. But, but with more people paddling the boat, you have a more efficient boat. You do. You do. And more importantly, you have a bigger boat. And look, you know, we're, it. it's, this is not to say that you're going to like everybody that you meet. No. You know, not everybody that I've met in my work do I like. Sure. You know, not everybody that I've worked with at House of Ruth do I necessarily like, but mm-hmm. can I can I come to know them and appreciate the the magnitude and importance of their work? I and better. the mission at, at large too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I've always said, uh, if you want to change the world for the better, have a bunch of kids and don't raise them like lunatics. Um, <laughs> raise rad kids. That are into like not just playing Xbox or PlayStation Five or whatever number they're on, but that really want to get to know people because they're listen. We can communicate with dogs to an extent, mm-hmm. like the bear's all right, Bootsy's solid, yeah. As far as pretty much understanding your sentiment whenever you're talking to them, yeah. But they can't interact back. People can. You're going to learn a lot more from people yeah. than you are closing yourself off and just reading um, basically just broadcasts of opinion without any recipro- reciprocal explanation yeah. or any kind of dialogue that connects you to that individual that makes you understand why that opinion is out there, why why they are upset by this or that or what each individual's triggers are. Or it's just everybody jumping in that boat and paddling it in the same direction. And then uh worst case scenario is everybody's property value goes up. You can do it just as a shallow. Be terrible. That'd be terrible. If, if everybody really invested more in living in the community and the community got better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a nightmare. It'd be awful. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it really is. So much of what we do is just about investing in relationships mm-hmm. with each other and recognizing the inherent worth of everybody else, you know, and, and that's something I struggle with. I mean, I'm sure everybody does yeah, to an extent. People aren't easy to love. No, you know, that's the, but again, you know, for, for my primary job, you know, it's not about being easy to love. It's about understanding the command that we were given from on high to love one another. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nowhere in the scriptures that says, you know, Jesus said, thou shalt like everything thy neighbor does. It, it's not there. Yeah. Loving somebody is most important and hardest when we have disagreements because we can find common ground. Yeah. And move forward, move the community forward. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I noticed um, those two, two or three uh, sessions I've been to your church. Um, you have one of the most diverse congregations, especially with such an old school vibe of a service. I call, I don't know what the official, uh, I know it's Episcopalian, right? 
but I kind of look at it as like diet Catholic to an extent. Sure. Because sure. it has the same old school structure. It does. And there's callbacks and mm-hmm. there's responses and it's, it's yeah. scripted. Right, whereas most of your modern churches are largely unscripted. Yeah, it's like a comedy hour. But well, you know, I, I I wouldn't so much say it's a comedy, well, hour, comedy but, hour, but you know, it, it's it's more unscripted. But even that has its own script, right? Mm-hmm. It's got its own patterns and habits and rituals. Yep. You know, the you know the chord progressions for modern music are fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to joke about it when I was when I was first learning how to play guitar. You know, you learn G, C, and D and You're E minor, good. and you can play about seventy percent of the music that's ever written. Yeah. You know, and if you if you those are the only four you know, and you have a capo, you just change the key by yeah. changing where you're playing on yep. the guitar. But you know, it, it, everything has its rhythms. One of the funny things that I've noticed about, um, you know, folks that are younger than I am, like yourself, is that there is a real appeal in the regularity and the habits of worship is one of the things I've found for myself, you know, as, as a person who now serves as a priest in a church, there have been moments in my life where I don't believe the words that I was saying, Mm -hmm. but the community was praying it around me and we all knew it and it was all imprinted on our lives. And we prayed that together. We pray it for each other in those moments, you know, when someone that you were terribly close to dies when there's a horrible tra- tragedy in the in the days after September 11th you know churches in this country saw a huge huge upswing in oh, attendance yeah. now it didn't last for the most part but you saw this huge upswing in attendance because there was comfort in and for those of us who couldn't pray in the days afterwards you know it was important to have a community that was praying the words absolutely and you know, for the Episcopal Church, for for all the liturgical churches, um, you know, Lutheran, Roman Catholic, Episcopal, Anglican, all the, all those, you know, that group of churches. One of the habits that we have is having those same prayers. You say those things enough, and they become patterns. Yeah, and they become habits. And and the interesting thing about it is that the more I do them now as a leader of the congregation, the more it strikes me as new on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll hear something. I've, I've, at this point, I've been at the church for six years. We use a, a, a lectionary that runs on a six-year cycle. At this point, I've heard most of the Bible multiple times. Sure. And yet, still, I'll be listening to someone else read a portion of the Scripture, and I'll hear something that I've never I've never heard before. And it's not so much that I heard different words. It's just the way that person's voice presented it. Yeah. There was some different emphasis that made me rethink about what it is that that verse is trying to say, what mm-hmm. it is that God is trying to communicate to the people. And I, I don't get that when I read the scriptures by myself. I get it. Yeah. Um, I was, I was actually a Baptist Sunday school teacher for a handful of years. Mm. Um, I need to write a book. Um, <laughs> But one of the things that I noticed was when, yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Like, I don't know if it was just, uh, when I was, I was just out of high school when I was doing this and I was really over studying and I was like, didn't want to worry about nose in the books anymore because I was like, yeah, we're old now. It's time to retire. I don't need to read ever again. And so when I was preparing for all my, uh, Sunday school lessons, it was one of those things where I'd be digging through something and 
get burnt out in the first 20 yeah. minutes and be like, yeah, I'm never going to find anything. And then you could just drop the book and it flip open and you just throw your hand down and be like, what does this mean? And then you'd read the context of it and then you'd figure out, does this apply to anything that I can relate to? Yeah. And that's where your lesson comes from mm-hmm. generally. Cause I never like to tell, I never like to get into lessons that weren't something that I had personally experienced because yeah. if they ever had a question, I want to be able to answer it truthfully mm-hmm. and not be like, well, you should go ask somebody else instead yeah. of your Sunday school teacher seemed, I don't know. It seems a little disingenuous. Yeah. You know, know, go ask somebody else. Yeah. You show up with this lesson that you put together Mm -hmm. and I just use air quotes for everybody that doesn't, that's not in the room right now. Everybody who's not sitting in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The rest of the world. And um, yeah, it was just being able to do something genuinely from experience is always going to connect you more to who you're trying to reach is going to strengthen those relationships. Those people will respect you more because you're being more candid with them with some of the places where you might have mm-hmm. had downfalls or maybe you need help with whatever it is, um, eating disorders or anything. It's just life, just day-to-day yeah. life. And like, that's, that's one of the great things about working in the pastorate is that you get to share other people's experiences of their life. Mm-hmm. And it really opens you up even more to understanding how, you know, a different scripture hits somebody differently based not only on their experience, but also on the mistakes that they've made. Yeah. People. Yeah. There's so many ways people can relate to each other and with each other. And obviously with everybody's individual experiences, it's very easy to misconstrue something that somebody else said because maybe you had an argument, whatever, with somebody earlier in life, yeah. and then you hear this. But to be able to collaboratively come together and consciously live your life in the way that is meaningful and creates a positive, not even change, but a, a constant positive movement. Yeah. It's positive movement, right? That's that's really ultimately what we're all going for is, mm-hmm. is positive movement in a direction because, you know, so the reading from last, um, one of the readings that was on the schedule for last Sunday um, is that bit from Philippians where, you know, everybody had on the T-shirts, you know, I press on toward the goal, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what was never on the T-shirt was what comes right before that verse, which is where Paul, the Apostle Paul, who like has planted churches all over the ancient Near East, says, not that I have taken a hold of it yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Paul admits his own failing, his own shortcoming. That's what makes that verse so powerful, that I press on towards the goal. This is what I do. I forget about what's behind me, and I press on towards the goal. Yep. That's, that's who we all are. We are all people who fall short, and yet... If we press on toward the goal of, of, of joy, of togetherness, of love, of community, then everybody moves forward. Yeah. You know, we're not pressing on towards one individual goal. You know, this is not about, and, you know, with all due deference to Christian powerlifting, which was a big thing in the 80s. Oh, boy, John Jacobson, the power team. Right. For for the handful of you who are listening to this podcast that don't have firsthand experience with the 80s, that was a huge thing. But, you know, it's not about you getting that 400 pounds up. Sure. You know, 
I press on toward the goal is a part of your individual effort is recognized in what pushes the community as a whole forward. That makes and sense. That's you know that's that's the heart of what most of us are trying to do in life. That's the heart of what you're trying to do with you know with the podcast with the local in general. It's what people and businesses all over this community are yeah. trying to do when they interact with each other and when they when they you know sponsor events and when they do things and support things. That's what we all are doing is we're pressing on towards our own individual goals, which advances the community. Yeah, it's all about quality of life. It's it's about quality of life, and it it's about you know that quality coming from not just us. Yeah. Right, because you can't create. I don't care who you are. You can't create quality of life on your own. No. You know, even if you are rich enough to go and buy an island, you got to have somebody to help you with that. For sure. You know, I can't mow a whole island. Have you ever uh, just self secluded yourself for any long amount of time just to see what happens? I've done like um, I've done a weekend. Is about the longest that I've been able to do that because I am a flaming like extrovert. A, yeah, it's like, like a prison sentence for me. It was, but it was also really, it was also really powerful because it was probably the first time in my life that I had ever devoted, you know, forty-eight hours mm-hmm. to just prayer and study without talking to somebody. Yeah, and there were two books that I read during that time that was, it was great. Now. At the end of it, I was I was ready for some interaction. Yeah, um, because that's who I am. I, hugging you know. folks at restaurants oh, for no Lord, reason on yeah, the way home. Just, if if I had done it during COVID time, I'd have probably been arrested yeah, unless be I was sick. in Florida. Yeah, um, you know where you can just do whatever you want to, and there's no rules. Go Seminoles. Um, <laughs> hey, we won a game. You did. We won a game. We're not going to go over this year. I guess Auburn's not doing great. Uh, Auburn had a Auburn had a rough showing against um, against Georgia. I. Don't remember how they did the first weekend. I think I thought they won the first weekend. I'm so far removed from the SEC. It's weird, dude. I'm so far removed from college football this year. Like, yeah, I've I've been following my team, and that's about it. That's it. Um, You know, I I noticed that Mississippi State beat the daylights out of LSU, and then the next week lost to Arkansas. Yeah, when I say everything's weird, everything's weird. Everything's weird. Better watch out. Syracuse coming for that. Syracuse, we don't have Syracuse. We don't play Syracuse nah. this year. But no. you know, look, yeah, this would be this would be the year that Syracuse would beat Clemson. Yeah, if you know, because it's just everything's stupid. They beat you LSU know. a couple years ago. I can't remember. Syracuse I'm, almost beat um, Clemson the year, right. the first year they won the national title right. with Deshaun Watson. I think it was, um, and then. Um, they beat they beat the doors off Florida State a few years ago in the in the Carrier Dome. It was just ugly. Carrier Dome is a, a strange place. It really is. It's the weird the weirdest thing about the Carrier Dome is that it's named after Carrier Air, air conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, there's no air conditioning in the Carrier Dome. No, there's no reason. It's just, it's just you can it's, go in there in July and it's still cold from February. Yeah, it, it also looks like a big igloo. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I'll but, be up there next know. week. I'll tell everybody he said, hey. Do that. Do that. Because everybody I know in Syracuse is gone from Syracuse now. I was going to say, it's in this. I had, I had like two friends in college who had girlfriends there. Um, one of them, you know, I, I think married the girl from there. But anyway, point being, it's, you know, Syracuse, you'll have fun in Syracuse. Yeah. Because it's, it's a good home. Spot. 
Um, I don't, I don't need to go up there. So there's no reason. It's just cold. It is. And you know, that's fine. I, you know, I've lived almost my entire life on the I 10 corridor. I don't, right. I don't really need to go and experience Syracuse cold. So. No, it's not too, too bad, but, but one thing we do need to talk about before we get out of here, um, cause I've got to go and take kids. To oh, the yeah, that's right. We got to talk about your dog pooping on the churchyard, man. She will <laughs> desecrate any religious establishment like that. She listen. You know, it's funny, um, a few years back when we were doing the blessing of the animals like that, Hmm? we had to move it inside because, um, well, we had to, like it was raining outside, you know, I can't, can't really do it in the rain and at least one dog pooped inside Yeah, and the owner was just absolutely, I mean, you know, it's a simple fix. Like you just, you pick it up, you clean the floor. It, it's done. It's over. Yep. It's the same thing you would do at your home, but people get so embarrassed, embarrassed about that. And I'm like, they're dogs, you know, they're, they're, they're dogs and cats and animals. You know, like it's not, it's not that weird. This is just what they do. Yep. And here's the other thing, you know, there aren't a whole lot of dog parks around here. No. So the opportunity to gather, you know, 15 to 70 dogs in one place is pretty slim. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, all the dogs are like, Oh my God! What's going on? Oh, there's another dog. There's another. There's, wait, there's another. There's a horse. What's a horse doing I didn't here? No, they made them the size. That's weird. What's in that little box there with the you know cage on the front? Yeah. Oh, that's a cat. I like cats. You know, the dogs go nuts. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's you know, it's fun. The first time I took the bear to the Devane's house, she did the same thing inside mm. the front door, and it was such an impressive dump that you could have tripped over it. It was outrageous. Good for her. Yeah, get the whole top of your shoe covered if you stepped yeah. in it. See, Bootsy's Bootsy's the exact like Bootsy. That dog has a supernatural ability to control her bodily functions. Mm-hmm. Like one time we had we had a buddy of mine come in and he was house setting for us because we were gone. He was coming through town anyway. He was working for a um, a you know church photo directory company. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one, but. You know, Chris came and stayed at our house, and since he was going to be there, we didn't take the dog. Mm -hmm. Well, Bootsy got under the kid's bed and stayed there for 36 hours. Did not, did not pee, did not move her bowels, stayed under the bed for 36 hours. I can't Would not come. Man, I, you know, nobody can do that. That dog, I'm telling you, that dog is, is something else. So she, she never, she never does that and embarrasses us in, in places like that. But I love doing the blessing of the animals. Every Dude, it was year. awesome. I was kind of sad that we didn't get to stick around for the whole time. But you saw some of the photos. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Because Katie, Katie is my phot- official photographer because, you know, when I'm doing stuff like that, I never oh, yeah. remember to take a picture of myself or anything else. And then Celeste. Or you're using your phone for something. No, I, my phone's away when I'm doing church stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, the only thing I've ever used it for on on the regular, um, I used to record my sermons on it as voice memos, mm-hmm. um, but now we've got a recording system in the church, so I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. But um, Celeste Choquette did a little live video um, of their dogs getting blessed, which was sweet. That's one that I need to get on the podcast. Oh, my Lord. She She's would be too much fun. She would be too much fun. But, yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you swinging by today. Sorry yeah, about the interruption earlier, but yeah. no, no, it's, you know, it, it's, it's the nature of work. So, yeah. but yeah, this was fun. Absolutely. We, we keep saying that we need to do this more often. So, you know, 
I think we should do the Priest and the Beast podcast. Let's do the Priest and the Beast podcast. What are, you, what are we going to... We'll talk about this off we'll, air. We'll just... We don't want to ruin the surprise. I mean, you know, stream of consciousness. We'll just come up with something amazing, and while it's on tape, we'll, that way we'll remember it, because otherwise... Oh, well, yeah, we need to... Otherwise, we'll talk about it like when we run into each other somewhere, and we'll yeah. come up with some great ideas, and then we'll get back together, and we'll be like, what were we going to talk about? Yeah, not only that, but this makes our audience our accountability buddies. There you go. So they'll there be you like, go. what's up with that other thing you guys were working on? That's right. That's right. That's the first time Justin's been like sincere the entire time he's been doing a podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you coming in, man. Like always, anything, always a pleasure. Anything we can do to help you guys stay, uh, stay on the upswing. And yeah, yeah, dude, if you guys, um, are looking for a way to get involved with any sort of church, not any sort of church, but Episcopal church, um, hit up Peter Wong. You, uh, you guys have Facebook and, we're on Facebook. Um, you know, the, the, the way that most people know us is they just come to the church and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, I've met dozens and dozens of people since I got here who have grown up praying in that church. Um, who've never church. been there on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, praying in the labyrinth or pr- praying in the prayer garden. You know, there's neighborhood kids that play on the playground every week. And yeah. Haven't first, seen them in church. I don't care. I, you know, I want people there. The church is there for the community, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, be be a part of the be a part of the church whether you make it on a Sunday or not. That's it. Yeah, well, yeah dude. Well, have a good and well. Enjoy taking your kids to man. Enjoy enjoy to going to upstate New York. It'll be all right. It should be good and chilly by now, shouldn't it? Yeah, it's like mid sixties during the day, forties, okay. thir- upper thirties and forties. There you go at night, and you'll get to avoid the hurricane. Ah, uh, I wish I could take my wife and dog. To avoid the hurricane as no, well, but if Bonnie needs anything, you know she can just holler. Yep, so I'll, I'll send her your way. All right, but yeah, dude, enjoy cool. your afternoon, and I'll. Uh, we're just gonna wrap up this podcast by me saying like, "Yeah, good to see you." <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. For real, for real. If you'd like to be a guest on the Wiregrass Local podcast, give us a shout at wiregrasslocal at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Wiregrass Local or hit us up on Friendster, MySpace, or LiveJournal. That's all fake, but you know what I mean.